a different level, but in a different perspective. If you've got a Bible with you, we're not going to have this up on the screen. You've got your Bible, got your phone. I want to read the scripture to you. <clears throat> if you go with me to Romans chapter 12, and some of this is kind of from the cuff tonight on purpose. Um, Romans chapter 12, and I'm in a, a translation called the Passion Translation starting in verse 4. In the human body, there are many parts and organs, each with a unique function. And so it is in the body of Christ, for though we are many, we've all been mingled into one body in Christ. This means that we're all vitally joined to one another with each contributing to each to others, to the others. God's marvelous grace imparts to each one of us varying gifts and ministries that are uniquely ours. So if God has given you the grace gift of prophecy, you must activate your gift by using the proportion of faith you have to prophesy. If your grace gift is serving, then thrive in serving others well. Everybody say, I serve others well. I think everybody's called to that. Um, if you have the grace gift of teaching, then be actively teaching and training others. If you have the grace gift of encouragement, Lori, Warrington, wherever she is, the grace gift of encouragement, then use it often to encourage others. If you have the grace gift, listen to me, if you have the grace gift of giving to meet the needs of others, then may you prosper in your generosity without any fanfare. And if you have the gift of leadership, be passionate about your leadership. And if you have the gift of showing compassion, then flourish in your cheerful display of compassion. What I want you to see here is in the middle of all of these different, the Scripture calls them grace gifts, meaning unmerited. You couldn't buy them. You couldn't pay for them, something that God gave you. In the middle of this, there's a, a gift called the gift of giving or a grace gift of giving, generosity. And over the years, I've learned and seen and just watched different people, like I made reference this morning to Miss Linda, that it's just what they live, breathe, eat, and sleep. How can I give more? And, and I've even seen, I don't want to put you too much on the spot, but I've seen Frank even sweat a little bit when she gets ready to give because, oh, can you just hold on to that a little bit? Not because he doesn't want to give, but she'll give everything she's got. And some of that came from how she was raised, how she was raised in maybe some poverty mind, you know, poverty lifestyle. But God dropped something in her to become a giver beyond herself and it's really how she thinks. She starts every year making lists of, how, of what I'm going to give, very much what he said today. And at the end of the year, for years now, they've been in Coastal Family Church. Uh, even some of our outreaches started that way, where she would write down or they would write down these different places that they wanted to begin to sow. And some of even the ministries that we have today financially supported when Coastal wasn't in position, she just gave the money to do it. My whole point is, to take some of the things we learned this morning, there are times, and that's how I invited people to come tonight, that maybe you sense that that's who you are. You're freely giving of time, treasures, and talents. It's not just money, but time, treasures, and talents. You just have that thought, I want to give all the time. Well, God's expecting us to actually steward that gift, to steward it in a way so that we see the return that we've been talking about. How can I steward that in a way that it brings return? And as we said, or Charlie said earlier this morning, he said there's a lot of different ways to do giving. 
But there is a God's way to do giving. There's a God's way to bring increase into your life. There's a God, God's way that uh, is almost, I mean, it's, it doesn't fail. The reason I said all that is that's what I've seen with Charlie and Sally. I'm going to invite you to come on up here, guys. Charlie and Sally, ever, I mean, of course, they're like an aunt and an uncle to me. Do you say aunt or do you say aunt? Who says aunt? Who says aunt? All right, well, aunt rules tonight. Uh, um, Charlie and Sally, Charlie, they're basically like an aunt and uncle. We're cousins, but like an aunt and uncle. But this is something that I've seen on their life, watched as someone just up underneath of them and watched in their life for years now. I do remember dist- brief, uh, vaguely the little pink and white trailer that they came from. I also know the story between then and now, how they had, how they didn't have, how they came back, and I'm guaranteeing you that it was God that brought them to a place where they are today. The one truth we learned this morning that I think is the most powerful is that Charlie and Sally both came to that place where they were humbled, where God was the only answer. I don't believe you have to get there to where God's the only answer. But I do believe that you can make steps of stewardship now so that you'll never get to that bottom spot so that you can be a steward of the gift of giving that you have. So my whole point is we've asked them to just share their story. How do they do it? How do they live? Why, do they, why is this on them? Not just about coastal, but why do they believe God to build churches? Do they remember the pink and white trailer? Do they remember where they were years ago when business was a challenge? Those kinds of stories, matter of fact, somebody told me on the way out this morning that it was, matter of fact, no, it was in growth track, sitting right beside them. They told me, they said, it was so good to hear somebody that could relate in the world of money to where I was and went through some of the same things because it gave me hope. And that's what we want to get from them tonight. So give them a little bit of hand clap. Let them know we're glad they're here. something about the pink and white trailer um i love our story because i know it's real i know who we are i know where we were uh how far low we got and that my god supplied every need and brought us out of it uh not long ago we had somebody doing an interview on us and um so i thought i'm gonna google a 1957 pink and white trailer And I did, and there it was. And I thought, how cool is that? We decided we got married at 16, not a lick of sense. But anyway, we did. And we decided that we would buy a trailer because we were paying rent. We thought, well, that's not wise. We'll buy a trailer. We bought it for $1,500. And it was a wreck, and I cleaned it up, fixed it as, perfect as I could. Anyway, we lived in it and uh, moved it. He moved it with a fish truck, bent it up. It was horrible, <laughs> horrible, horrible. But anyway, we knew that we were living in that, but it was not in us. Now, I was not a pink and white trailer in 1957. I'm sorry, but I was not. So uh, we sold 16? it. you were 16? 16. Whew, Lord, look at your 16-year-old. Yeah. No, 
<laughs> anyway, we, uh, I went door to door to sell that when we built our first home. So talked a man into buying it. Actually talked him into it. Sold it for $1,500 and used that to buy my furniture. So just to tell you how low we were and what God has done is amazing, and we know God did it. That's still an ugly trailer. No matter what. <laughs> Something that I love that you guys kind of made a decision about early on was debt. What are, your, what are your thoughts on that? Why did you take such a hard stance against it? And what do you think the fruit of that has been in your life since that point? Well, well with me, my first go-around in business, I believed debt was my, was my friend. So I would leverage everything. Uh, I leveraged more than I had. Then hard times come, and uh, the leverage didn't work too well. The bottom falls out, and you become responsible for all the all the stuff that's now, uh, you know, half the value or seventy-five percent of the value. And so, you know, I would, like like they said, you know, you're you're pretty ignorant at sixteen, eighteen, twenty. Even though you're doing well, you you, you don't know business and the ways of the world. I didn't, and uh, I knew what I was good at and I didn't mind working hard. So debt didn't scare me, I was broke anyway, right? That, that was just the truth, debt, debt really didn't scare me any. And I would go, I went, uh, I went in debt for a lot of things and there's things a lot that I did own here on the beach. But um, I, I, you notice I said I did own here on the beach. Okay. It, it should be a thing that where you can continue to own things. And so when I did go broke, um, you know, it's, for me, it was the most devastating thing I think I ever went through. It was, it was the most humbling experience. And I'll try to go back there and give you a little bit of that. But, but to, to see how hard you worked and how much time you put in it and you, you didn't spend the time with your children, you didn't spend the time with the Lord, Everything you sacrificed, everything you gave up to get to this point, and it was gone. And nobody cared. Ain't nobody care about your situation. There ain't nobody sending you no checks in the mail. Ain't nobody calling. You know what they're saying? They're saying, Charlie's a good boy, but he's a bad businessman. Okay? That's what they say about you. They, they, nobody has no sympathy for you. They'll pat you man, man, we're sorry. But they want away from you because they don't want to pay you none of your bills. Okay, <clears throat> so that's that's where I was, and it, it was humbling. And I can tell you the, the the facts, and and is I found myself on the floor more than one occasion, not praying, crying, crying that I had made such a mess of what I had started out and thought would be so good, and it was just destroyed and and listen this don't go away in one year when you when you make this kind of mess it don't go away in two or three years when I when I took the job at Raymond to build their church I sat down with the pastor and I said listen there's some things you need to know before you hire me he said what's that I said you better check the court records on me <laughs> I said because there's a lot of stuff out there and uh, so we had a long conversation about it and I, I, I didn't create any criminal acts or anything, but I was involved in a lot of stuff. And uh, anyway, it was, it, was, it was humbling 
to be to be put in that position to say the least crushed would be more like it and uh and then for your family to stick with you that was humbling for me uh when when you can't supply when when all all you've ever done is supply and that's what you base your life on you based your life that you are the supply and now you don't you can't supply and uh and that was that was a very humbling thing that I went through that's that's really what drove me to say wait a minute about debt listen i don't i don't believe debt's a sin or anything like that i believe you use it to your advantage so i'm not i'm not saying that that it's a sin uh i'm not saying that people listen a young guy's getting married he's got to get a house he's going to have to get debt on him to get a house in this world that's all there is to it so i'm not i'm not telling people at 20 years old don't get in debt no do it reasonably and sensible and and that way but um, during that time, I, I made a decision that I was going to get out of debt, and I was going I was going to pay my bills, and I was not going to file bankruptcy. I, I I I can go on forever, so interrupt me. But but I'm talking to a guy one day in my office, and me and him were believing God for the same thing, and he was about to go broke, and I was, and and but we were believing God to get out of debt, you know. So a few days later, we, we would fellowship. He'd come in and see me. And he said to me, uh, he was down. I could tell he was down when he walked in. And he said, uh, uh, Charlie, I filed, I filed bankruptcy yesterday. And I said, man, it's all right. I said, God meets you right where you are. It don't make no difference. It's, it's what are you believing for? But anyway, with me, I made a decision that I, that's not what I'm going to do. I'm going to prove that God will get me out of this, not Charlie. You know, Charlie done got me in enough mess. I, I was going to prove that God was going to get me out of this and pay my bills. It was between me and God. It was a decision that me and him made and my wife. So something that, that the Lord said to me after when that guy walked out of the office that day, he said this to me, and it's a little bit hard to explain, but, you know, if, if your debt is at this level and, and you're, you're believing God to to either cancel the debt or bring your income up to here so you can pay the debt, right? That's what you're believing God for. The, the Lord said to me when he walked out, he said he's chosen to believe his income will stay right here. That's what he chose. And, and for me, I chose, I really didn't know how it was going to happen, but I chose that my income would go up. And, and through circumstances over the next couple of years, it did. Something that I've heard you kind of say over and over is that, you know, you heard something from the spirit, basically, mm -hmm. or you felt an impression. And I love that it says that in Galatians 5. It says, but I say, walk by the spirit and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. For the desires of the flesh are against the spirit and the desires of the spirit are against the flesh. For these are opposed to, to each other to keep you from doing the things you want to do. But if you are led by the spirit, you are not under the law. Mm -hmm. Tell us. You know, in so many of your testimonies, you start with that. Yep. The Spirit spoke to me and Sally in the same yep. day. Tell us how that's kind of played into um, getting out of the debt in the beginning and then now even into how you sow. Um, I'll go back to really when I, when I became uh, a born-again Christian, when I gave my life to Christ. I had, a, I had a supernatural experience where I was praying in tongues. And it was, it was a supernatural experience. It was something that 
uh, happened with me. And when, when, I, um, when I made the move and went to Florida, uh, Sal and I, uh, we, we ended up in Reggie Scarborough's church. Y'all know Reggie here. Some of you know him as his family, and some just maybe know him. <clears throat> but Reggie is a dedicated prayer. And he took me in as a friend. And, of course, I didn't know nothing. And he would, he would pray with me. And, you know, quite frankly, I was pretty embarrassed. I was, I was right out of the world. I was carnal. And here I am, you know, Reggie's, he's saying things to me, and I'm acting like, yeah, I know that, yeah. Okay. <laughs> you know, but the whole time he was, he was training me, and I would, I would go and pray alone. And I would pray in tongues. And I would pray for long periods of time in tongues. I would say, I'm not going to say a word in English. I'm just going to pray in tongues an hour. And I would do that. And I did that over and over again. Well, I do believe that that starts to define your spirit. I think anybody can, can hear from the Lord. Here, here's the one thing I, would, I, would, I wish everybody knew about me. Anybody that's close to me knows, knows it, but most people don't know me. And I'm the least, least perfect person. I'm the, I'm the very least. It, ain't, it has nothing about doing all the things right. It has nothing about all the, ask me to quote a scripture. I can't quote you a scripture. Okay? I, I, I can quote them. I don't know where they are. I'll quote them halfway. But I heard this one guy say, and I really, I really believe this, because like, it's, it's right in my life. You don't have to know the whole Bible. You don't have to be a, a saint. You don't have to be for God to work in your life. And if it were, we'd all leave. Stephen too. We'd all just go on home. <laughs> you know? The, the deal is that, <clears throat> that you know, um, I forgot where I was going with that. But, but you, 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 don't, you don't have to be perfect. You're not going to be. And, um, and God will, yeah, and, and praying in the Spirit helped me to develop my spirit. And I believe it helps you to hear. And, and that's, what, that's what I think it does. I think the more I pray in the Spirit, the more I hear. And, the, you know, I'm just telling you, sometimes I pray, sometimes I don't. Sometimes I'm tired and I don't want to pray. Sometimes I'm beat up and I don't pray. So I'm, I'm not up here to tell you something. I'm trying to be the everyday person that you are. I know you're doing the same thing. You're getting hammered at work. People say, you have a bad day? I have a bad day every day. Okay. It's it's just the way business is. It's the way life is. You know, when Sal and I would sit down and talk about our life, we said, "Man, we got a great life." I mean, your kids are doing good, and we do. We have a great life. Full of problems. <laughs> full of problems. <laughs> Clean up to here. Full of problems. <clears throat> so you got employees. You got problems. You got jobs, but. But the being led is, is really key. And, and in, in some of the stories that we were talking about this morning, there was times in there that I did hear the voice of the Lord. <clears throat> Let me say that you hear with your spirit. You don't hear with your mind. And most people get that really confused. When, when I first started trying to serve the Lord, I was like, man, I'm so confused on how to hear. How do you hear from God? Because we all... Everybody in here, if you heard from God, you'd do what he said. Everybody would. You know? 
The problem was I heard so much stuff. <laughs> you know, I was hearing all kinds of stuff. And, and most of it was me. You hear with your spirit. You are a spirit being. And you live in a body. And, and reading the word will help define that. You know, it, it says in, uh, again, I'll quote you some scripture. <laughs> it, said, it says in Hebrews uh, that the word is powerful, sharper than a two-edged sword, dividing us under even the spirit and soul, the bones and the marrow. And it says it will, it'll, uh, anyway, it helps you define the will of God for your life. But the spirit and soul, it will define that in you. Whether you're hearing from your soul or your spirit. And the word will do that. And, and you know what? I'll, I'll just be the first to tell you it don't happen overnight. You, you, you start reading the word. I, 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 Sally will tell you, do I, I read the word every day. Very rare that I don't read the word. I'm not, a, I'm not one who reads a ton of word. I'm not one who memorizes, can sit up here and quote it. But I read it every day as a discipline. I read something in the word. I sit down. I, I, she's, she's, she's more historical with reading the word. She likes, I'm more, I read through the Bible. I heard somebody say this, I'll get really off course here, but I heard somebody say this and, and it, it, um, it really registered in me. They said they read the Bible 50 times. I thought, my God, how in the world do you read the Bible 50 times? And they said, 15 minutes a day, 50, 50 years. So you can read the Bible through pretty quick, you know, pretty easy. Do I get understanding on it all the time? Nope. A lot of times I set the Bible down, don't know what I read. You know? But you keep doing it. It gets in your heart. Um, the other thing that, that I love to tell people, and I don't think enough ministries tell people this, I heard a man tell how, how to read the Bible. And I was, when, I got, when I was real young, I sat down and I said, I'm going to read the Bible. And I started, and I got through Genesis and Exodus, and I got to Leviticus. And I was done with the Bible. <laughs> and I never read the Bible for 20 years after that. It's the truth. So I didn't know how to read the Bible. This man, Brother Hagin, said, here's the way you read the Bible. He said, the Old Testament is historical, and you got the prophets in there. It's not for today. It's not for you. It's not for the church. Acts starts the age of the church. And he said, live your life in the epistles, in the small books. I can read Ephesians. You know, it's about four or five chapters. He said, live your life in the epistles. Make it easy on yourself. If you want to be wise, read Proverbs. You know, I, I, I told my son when he was a young uh, teenager, I said, son, I can't make you be a Christian. And I'm not going to chase you all over town, try to find out what you're doing. I'm, you know, I'm too old for it, and, and I'm not going to do it. I said, but if you want to be a wise man, read Proverbs. And I would go in by his bed, and his, book, his Bible would be turned to that, be laying on the floor mornings. And I can say today that I never saw, he, he was never real outgoing with his religion, but he's a very wise man, and now he's committed his ways to Christ. So I think these things are really simple. Um, <clears throat> read Proverbs. You mentioned, um, you know, about James and not wavering. And then mm -hmm. obviously in all these years, you've had seasons where you went through hard, hard times and you've mm -hmm. had to stick to the things written on the closet wall. Mm -hmm. How have you guys held each other accountable 
to the things that you um, agreed to believe for. You will take that? Well, both of us, our mouths will get out of hand and we'll look at each other and say, really? Is that what we're believing for? Because honestly, when somebody says something that is not according to what the Word says, you'll have a sickness rise up in you. I mean, when I say, when I get on a negative note, I'll think, you know what, I don't like myself, and for sure nobody else will. Shut up, get somewhere, get yourself straight, because if you don't like yourself, be sure of this, nobody else is going to like you. And so that word, I have to say this, today is better than any day in the fact that the word is readily available to you no matter where you are. You know, we, we have a phone that has everything in the world on it. You can, you can read the word on your phone. You, if you can't be in church, you can get a message. But if your life is going to be changed, if your finances are going to be changed, if your home is going to be changed, if your marriage is going to be changed, it's going to be changed because of the word of God. What the, what the Bible says is what is going to change every area in your life. You know, we have a friend. He's from Australia. He's an interesting character, really interesting. Um, you would probably think that he, he didn't have a whole lot going for him as far as... He's not an intellectual. He's not. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's a very smart man. You know, he's, he's, a, he's, he's a smart man. But anyway... He said he will spend a year on a few verses. And I think, wow. And it is amazing when he opens his mouth and he starts to talk about those scriptures. And you think, man, I mean, I've been to Bible school, I've read, studied. And you can read that Bible through and just go through the pages. But if you read it like he does, it's not going to take you a lot of time, but he digests. You know, he, he chews on it. He meditates on it. And he gets more out of one scripture verse than most people will ever get. So, so like, but to answer your question on that is, we, we do keep one another in check. I mean, she'll, she'll say stuff to me. Uh, no, and I will to her. Um, a lot of times, you know, sometimes you'll start out down this road, things are going negative. Things aren't going well. And you allow them to go that way for a while. And, and before too long, I'll grab myself. I'll say, wait a minute. I'm not putting up with this long, much, this long, this, this long in my life. I'm drawing the line. Devil, take your hands off my stuff. I'm done with this. Somebody will be riding in the truck with me sometimes. They don't know. They don't even know about Christianity or anything. And, and I might mumble under my voice, devil, you're a liar. And they'll say, well, what did you say? <laughs> And I said, I'm just talking to the devil. He's a liar. Because he's, if he's talking, he's lying. So if you're, if, you're hearing these, if you're hearing these things, these negative things, they're lies. He's just trying to get you to act on them or believe them. And uh, he's, he's lying. Um, you mentioned 
uh, I guess we were talking about Shane, and they have two children, Shane and Rachel. What are some of the things that you did over the years even to impart some of this into them? And, and some of the, I know you shared with me some of the wisdom that you shared with Shane about giving to the local church. Um, what did that look like? Uh, obviously, you know, it's grown and evolved. And are they in their 30s now, both of yeah. them? 40s. 40s. Wow. Yeah. 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 So share with us from that perspective, even, you know, what approach well, you, you've taken with them. Well, you know, the, 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 the subject that they saw Sal and I live out in our life and, and to become debt free, they started practicing it. So I'll tell you a story about Rachel, my daughter. She was believing God for a specific amount of money. And I'll, I'll tell you the number. It was 200,000 a year. Her husband pours concrete. Rachel works for me. I don't pay Rachel $200,000 a year <laughs> and, and nowhere close. But anyway, that's what she was believing for. She had it wrote down. Her and her husband were confessing it. They were doing just what Sal and I had said we had done. And, and they, were, they were putting this to, to work. And um, I went in her office one day, and this was revelation to me. It came as revelation. And she was crying. And I said, what's up? And she said, uh. Jason messed up on a job and he lost $25,000. And uh, I'm not one to baby my children. I just, that's not me. So, so anyway, I, I thought, well, I'm not doing no good here. <laughs> you know? So I, I got up and left the office and I was walking down the hall. And I heard the Spirit say, what does that have to do with the 200000 It has nothing to do with it if you're believing it. If you're believing that you've made 200000 all this junk in between don't make no difference. Right? So I, I walked back in her office and I, I, I said, Rachel, now I'm going to say something to you. I don't want you to get offended. I just want you to hear me. And I told her just like that. I said, what does that 25000 have to do with that 200000 I said, all it is is a distraction to get you off of making the two hundred. She said, I'm going to dry my eyes, I'll cry, I won't cry another tear. And that year, they, her and her husband made that much money. Okay, So it's a distraction. And with, with my son, uh, something that happened, happened rather recently, he, he's, he's interesting to me in the fact that he's, my daughter and her relationship with Christ has always been real open with me. He's a little more you know, like he's a, he is a medical doctor, and if I told him something was a miracle, he'd say, well, Dad, you know, other things involved here. And, I, and I'd be like, okay. So, so I probably wouldn't share on the same level at times. Now, he has grown to where he's, he's, a, he's become an amazing man in Christ. So, but anyway, I was, I was at his place, and I saw this magazine from, from this group you would know. They, they do large charitable things, and it was really nice. And they had invited him to fly to Israel with them. And so I, I said to his wife, I said, how does that happen? And she says, well, you give this kind of money, that's what happens. And so I knew he was giving a lot of money to this charitable organization. And, I, and it is a great organization. It's not something that's not. But I thought about it for a while and, you know, not one to say much to him. Uh, next trip I went, I said, I said uh, Shane, listen, I want you to consider something. I don't know what you're giving to your local church. I know about what you gave to that organization. It's a great organization. I'm proud of you. But your local church don't exist without giving. Don't exist. And so make sure you're doing for your local church 
too. Well, he never did answer me, but he never does anyway. <laughs> but anyway, I, I think, you know, I think it's true. You know, with, for us, Sal and I give other places. We give here and we give other places. But we, we give immediately to our local church, always have, always will. We, we're there to help sustain their vision. And uh, so it's a good lesson for him, I hope. Um, earlier, too, we were talking about the different grounds that you sow into. And, uh, you know, sometimes you'll do something for a season and you'll commit to that. And then, you know, there are times when even after that you've evaluated and decided, hey, that's not the right ground. Kind of go with us there on how you'd make a decision about where you, where you sow and um, even the times when you decide not to sow into something. Yeah. Well, I would tell you, you know, I'm being, I'm being the practical guy that I am, and I'm around a lot of ministry, so probably way more than even Pastor and Tiffany are around. I'm around like missionaries and, and pastors, and, and, and let me tell you something, every one of them got a need, and every one of them wants money, okay? And I don't mean that in a negative way. They have real needs. So I would say to you that you need to be led in who you give to, and you need to have knowledge about the organization. I mean, I know, I know some really, some, I, th I think they're fine people and they're missionaries, but they're not doing much as missionaries. And I've even given to some. So you have to, you have to look at what you're giving to and evaluate it and say, is this where I want to give my money? I've got, I told them, I said, I got a friend of mine and their company is in the, in the billions and there's a big family company and they, they took a strict rule the way they give. They give only places that get soul saved. They don't give to charitable organizations. They don't, if you're starving, if you're hurting, they don't make no difference. They give, they give to get people saved. That's their rule. And there's nothing wrong with any rule you have. You know, just you consider what you want to do and in your heart, you do it. Sal and I are more, uh, I'd say more well-versed. We do give charity. We do give to a lot of missionaries because we know a lot of missionaries and we're very familiar with what they're doing. I mean, we, we've interacted with them for 30 years and some of them we've supported for almost 30 years. Charlie, I want to go back to the leading part. For years, even when I was living with you, there were times you had dreams that changed your life forever. Some about your kids. Mm -hmm. I remember the one with what you saw outside and was protecting Chase, or not Chase, Shane. Mm -hmm. Take us to that place of the real knowing that you have. You, there, I just know, I see many, many times when you make decisions, there's a real knowing and you act on it. Yeah, I, I'd like to say that happens all the time. It doesn't. Uh, a lot of times you're wondering, you know, you, there's, I think for all of us, and, and I'll, I'll speak to this because this is something we talked about too, is <clears throat> we all fall in this arena of reason. Brother Hagin always said this, if you get caught in the arena of reason, the devil will beat you every time. That's that mental mindset of reasoning. But if you will take the devil over into the arena of faith, then you will win every time. So it's, it's a matter of getting out of here. Some of you are businessmen. I see you in here and, and listen, and most people, 
you're going to have to reason things. That's the natural side. God gave you a brain. He made you to reason. But there's a certain point to quit. And say, okay, I've done all the reason on this I'm going to do. Now I believe, God, this is going to happen. Devil, take your hands off my stuff. This is what we're going to believe. Okay? And get out of that arena of reason. <clears throat> to, to say... There's, there's, there's been, I have had some dramatic things happen in my life, and I'm, a, I'm a layman. I'm, I'm a, you know, I'm, I just go to church, but I've had some dramatic things happen in my life, in, in dreams, in visions, and in knowings. Okay, and, uh, and sometimes it's, it's just a knowing. I had a, one time. I, I, Rachel and Sally went to Chicago, and they, they did a show for me, and uh, this. This church called us about building their church. Rachel come in. She said, Dad, this church from uh, Tucson, Arizona is calling. They want you to build a church. I said, I ain't building that church. Soon as I said it, I had a check in my spirit. I was like, and I noticed it. So they went about their business. They didn't do nothing with the church. A couple weeks later, they called again. And they asked me again. They said, Dad, this guy keeps calling you. He wants you to build his church too. So I said, I ain't building his church. My spirit was checked again. And so I told Rachel, I said, well, next time they call, I'll talk to them. So we went out there and we built the church, you know. <laughs> and and I, made, I made really good money. So I wished, I would love to say I get that all the time. But I think, I think everybody gets it to a level, and this, this is what I really wish you'd get, is, <clears throat> you know when I was a sinner, I used to get it? I, I, I used to get a check. Mm, you better not do that. Sometimes I overread it. Some, sometimes I didn't. But here's the deal. You, you'll get this check inside, or you'll, get, or you'll get a go ahead. You know, go ahead. Just a real simple thing. Sal and I were sitting in the back seat of this truck with this guy and he was getting ready to buy it and him and his wife were driving around they loved this truck they were getting ready to buy it I knew he better not buy that truck I knew there's something wrong with that truck I got out I said Sally I didn't say nothing but man I'm concerned about that truck we didn't say nothing he bought that truck a few weeks later he stuck on the road that truck okay so there's there's those, those, those things that you will get in your heart, and they'll be real simple. Don't do this, do this, you know, or you're, ah, man, I don't know about it. You hear somebody say something to you, and you'll be like, ah, I don't know about that. That's your spirit. That's God talking to you. He talks through your spirit. Now, you, you know, we'll say God said it. I would like to really, really reinterpret that. I think a lot of times it's your spirit telling you. And a lot of times I'll say, well, the Lord said, it's probably my spirit because he, my spirit communicates with God. You know, I don't so much, but he, my spirit does. So I'll, I'll get little checks or, or little go-aheads, and, and I'm always looking for them. I, I told a story the other night. I was, I was in a meeting, and uh, they were giving me some really bad news. They, they, they told me that I was going to lose about a million two on this project. It was because something we'd screwed up, and I was really upset about it. Okay, And they're, they're telling me, but here's what I want you to get. I was listening with my ears and I was listening with my heart, both. And I heard my heart 
my heart laughed. Now, if I'd have gone by my head, I'd been really upset. But my heart laughed. And they said, what do you think? I said, I think it'd be all right. And so I went off that that was the Spirit of God in me laughing. That's, that's just the way I took it, that this is not going to be a big deal. Now, it took several months, but it all worked out and it didn't cost me a dime. Okay, but I held on to that, that my spirit laughed. So I've had, I've had that on numerous occasions, not the laugh, but, but something like that where you, where you sense, ah, this will be okay. I remember we had a guy, and he meant a really lot to our company. And I remember Sal and I were sitting in the office right beside each other just like this. He, he comes in, sits down, he says, um, I'm resigning. I'm going to tell you, he couldn't have picked the worst time. And he's telling me, and I'm listening with my, with my heart. I'm listening with my heart. And I heard, let him go. But I knew up here, I could keep him. I knew I could keep him. And all I had to do was pay him more money. But my heart said, let him go. And so I went, I went home that night, Sally, man, she's waiting. She's like, you are not going to let him go. I said, yes, I am. I said, I heard my heart say, let him go. We let him go. Nothing. We didn't miss a step. We, we moved up. I thought we wouldn't, but we moved up. Things got better. I, I, recently, just, just I mean, you, you make all kinds of mistakes practicing this. The other day I had, I had, this, I had this guy and, uh, and we were going we were going to hire him. Rachel had interviewed him. I had interviewed him. I liked him. Something in me kept saying, "No, this ain't the guy." He he'd done work with churches all his whole life, but I knew I needed him. I hired him. Okay, I hired him anyway. I knew inside I shouldn't. At the same time, there was a guy that Rachel said, "Don't hire." She said, I interviewed him. I don't think he's the right guy. But something kept taking me back to that guy. And I said, I said you know what? I got to call this guy. I ain't even going to tell Rachel I'm going to call him because she's going to be mad with me. So I, so I called a guy. He don't fit. He don't fit right with our company. He's way more intellectual. <laughs> so anyway, he's, he's a smart guy. But anyway, I, I called a guy. I called a guy up and talked to him. I said, "Listen, you, you're still looking for a job." And we talked. And, and I said, I'm, "I'm gonna hire you." And I fired the other guy. I mean, I, I did it. I was I was hating to do it. I paid him too. Paid him more time. I said, "Listen, I made a mistake. I'm sorry. I just I, I need to pay for it." Had I not done it, I wouldn't have wasted his time. Wouldn't have had to pay more money. Because I heard right. I heard not to hire him. It wasn't against him. It wasn't against the guy's a good guy. It was who was right for us. And, and so those are, the, those are the things I'm ever working at and ever trying to learn in my business, in my family. You know, you, you can go by a long ways with your family by just keeping your mouth shut. And that's a good leading most of the time. <laughs> you can say, I mean, I heard from God there. <laughs> but raising your children, you know, we, we, that's what we've practiced. I mean, I'm not telling you I'm a star at it, but I practice it. We practice it all the time. And uh, I think one of the main things I think one of the things is 
sometimes God gives you opportunities to spend time with people. And, um, and my, my time with Sally and Charlie on an intimate level was very short-lived. Um, but I learned something um, from being with them. And, um, and they were in the midst of a lot of, of stuff at that point in time, but um, their kids were little. I, I mean, I don't know how. They were middle school, yeah. maybe elementary, yeah. middle. Yeah. And, um, and these kind of conversations that we're having right now, we had back then. Um, and we would, every Sunday, um, on our below budget, we would have a roast and carrots and potatoes and brown rice and cucumbers and vinegar. I think I hated those. The, and, uh, and yeast rolls. And we would sit at the table, around the dining room table, and we would have these kind of conversations. And one of the things that I, I'm thinking about even right now is that... Um, that when you yield to the Holy Spirit and you give a place and you, and, and he talks to you and then you talk that out with other people, there's something like you give voice to the Holy Spirit's leading and guiding. And it doesn't mean that you don't miss it. You just yield to it. You, you like you, you would say, man, I mean, this is going to sound dumb, but man, I, I got my car and I, you know, my wife and I argued over who to go to Foodorama because I didn't want to go to Foodorama and she didn't want to go to Foodorama. But I said, all right, I'll go to Foodorama. And then I get in Foodorama's line. I had something happen to me at Subway today. I, um, me and Stephen were arguing over who was going to go get Nanny's veggie sub. Because neither one of us wanted to walk two feet to go get the veggie sub. We were one, one of us wanted to take care of Cedar. We were both fighting over who's going to take care of Cedar. So I, I said, I'll go. I'll, fine, you take care of Cedar. I'll go get the veggie sub. I walk in, it wasn't about the veggie sub. The girl over there that's working there wants to own Subway. And she is a recovered person and almost killed herself. I found all this out in like 20 minutes, going to get a veggie sub. And the reality of it is, is I, so then she's telling me that she could be an owner of this Subway. And she said, how can I get more of your people over here? So we grab hands and we pray about her own Subway. But, but the interesting thing about it is from an early time in our lives, we begin to talk I, when he would have dreams and he would have, and, and Sally, they would have unctions. They voice those unctions and they yield it and they learned and their kids learned how to yield, yield to those. And so we all did that together. And it wasn't, it wasn't an extraordinary thing. It was an ordinary thing. It was ordinary. It was actually out of the ordinary, not to be led. But it became ordinary for us to have experiences with the things of the Spirit. And I can remember, because I would come over to see Stephen every morning when he had graduated from school, but I hadn't. And every morning, and they're working, remember, they're working regular jobs. Like sometimes we think only ministry people get to read their Bible in the morning. Um, but they worked regular jobs. And every morning I would get there early, and they had this couch in their family room. And I, I remember them both being on the couch, both of them together. They would both be on the couch, and they would have their word spread out. And I remember early on, when they had nothing, they would be declaring the word of God over their lives and be speaking those things. And so I guess I just, you know, you said I got it more wrong than I got it right, or you, you're learning how to be led. But I think one of the most powerful things that both of you have learned is the yielding. And I think that there's so many things that the Holy Spirit is trying to get not just to us, but through us. But it happens through the tiny yieldings of us being obedient. And so um, I think there's lots more millions of dollars to be had through the yielding. And I'll
Yeah. You know, I, 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 we're probably running out of time, but I want to share one thing that happened with, with Reggie Scarborough, because I believe, Sal and I believe in the supernatural. But um, how many know Reggie Scarborough? He's been here, I think, and preached. So several of you know him, but he's, 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 he's Kenny Ricky Jr. He's from Wanchi's. So we've known him forever, but um, I, he was older than me, so I had no relationship with him until I got born again. But <clears throat> several years ago, and, and this is what I believe what, what I believe all this is about. I believe it will help you in your everyday life. I believe it will help you make money. I believe it will help you in your marriage. I believe it will help you with your children. I believe it I, I can tell you stuff with my children that's unbelievable. And, uh, and where God gave me insight into their life. And I believe changed their life. But anyway, I'm, Sal and I were going, coming back here. It was my, my dad's 80th birthday. This is how supernatural God can be. Well, a few weeks before, I was in Florida. I, I go see Reggie as a spiritual guide. I go see him like once a year. I, I just was, was going to go down there recently, and he was up here. And uh, so I, I go see him and just talk to him. We ride around, and we talk about this stuff. And we drink Diet Cokes. And that's his deal. But in there, he will go pray. And, you know, I'm not really one that's that good at that kind of stuff, praying around others and things. I'm a, I'm a construction worker. So anyway, we'll go in his little chapel and pray. So we, I knelt down, I pray in a little while, you know, kind of quiet, praying in tongues. Reggie's over there, he's praying. And, and he, he says to me, he says, Charlie, uh, has Sally got a spot on her brain? I said, well, no. No. So we go on praying. So he says, a few minutes later, he says, are you sure she don't have a spot on her brain? I said, Reggie, I don't, not that I know of. No, I'm not, I'm not, you know, I'm not like I'm lying to you. I don't know. So we got up, we were leaving after, and, uh, after a few minutes. And I'm not, I'm not talking about this was a long time. I'm not talking about it was travailing in prayer. I mean, it was just, just kind of conversation. He slaps me on the back. And he says these words. He says, I don't know what it was, but we took care of it. Okay? And that was it. We go drink Diet Coke. We ride around. We laugh. We have lunch. That was it. So now I'm back to where we, Sally and I, a few weeks later, we were coming to North Carolina to my dad's 80th birthday. She was sick. She'd been, her sickness had been really odd. She'd be, her back would be out, and this would be happening. That'd be, all kinds of odd things were happening. But we just took it as, you know, you, oh, you'll get over it. Let's just get on down the road. You'll get over it. So I said to her, I said, I said, won't you stay home? I said, I'll go to dad's birthday party. She said, no, I'll be better when I get there. So she gets to Dear Loans and that night we're staying in Wanchies. She wakes up to go to the bathroom and falls over the, the end table. Lamps go in the floor. She's incapacitated. Now we know something's really wrong. I set her up on the bed and she can't sit. She's like a little baby. She'll roll over. And so we rush her to the hospital over here. They check her out as best they can, send her back. She's getting worse. I call my son. He was, I don't know where, I think he was in California. But he used to work at Norfolk General. And he said, Dad, get her, get her in the ambulance. And when you get them in there, take her to Norfolk General. Ask for this doctor. He's, he's a professional at finding problems that you can't find. So we didn't do that, but we, we got her in Norfolk General, and they run all these tests, all these tests. And so 
by the next night we're sitting in the hospital room and the doctor's there and it is that doctor and he's talking to us like there's not a big deal here and I said I said wait a minute doc I said you don't understand this is a serious problem here he said what don't I understand I said she can't set up he said he said touch your nose and she literally couldn't touch her nose she could get in the vicinity she, she couldn't touch her nose. He, he said, set her up. I set her up. She rolled over. He said, okay, now I'm going to tell you. Nobody can prove me wrong, and I can't prove I'm right. This is his words. He said, she's had a viral infection, and it's attacked a spot on her brain, and it's already been taken care of. Now, that was his words. Now, I go back to, to my hotel room that night, and I hadn't put the two together. And I wake up in the middle of the night. I sit straight up. And I remember what Reggie said. And so I call him the next morning. He said, yep. He said, we'll just believe it's healed. It's taken care of. And the doctor said, one other thing. He said, he said we'll worry about re rehabbing her. Well, she never had rehab. We flew her home to, to, North, to uh, Oklahoma. And she's fine. Had Reggie not have seen that, where would I be? You know? And so I believe these things are, are operational for all of us. They're in, they're, in our, they're in our finances, they're in our children, they're, they're in all of our lives. And I think we should be more in tune to them, be more spiritual. I, think I what would I've like to um, just encourage you guys, because that same spirit that's in us is in you. Amen. So whenever you go through the day, just be aware. Be aware of your heart and what you hear. Your head's going to tell you all kinds of crazy things. But remember to stop. And listen to your heart. I'm telling you, your spirit will talk to you. It will, t it, it will tell you the same things it tells us. Mm -hmm. You know, God loves all of us the same. He's no respecter of persons. I look at people and it makes me sad when they don't know these things. You know, it's like a relationship that's, that's not a deep relationship. You know, it's like an intimacy that, there, that it's not deep. Uh, having intimacy with the Lord, having that one-on-one, that, -on -one, that connection, I feel really sad when people don't get that because that's heaven on earth. And so make sure this week when you leave, listen to your heart. When everything around you is going crazy, when your kids are crazy, when you're just, listen, if you work a job, it's crazy. You know, we, we have all this, and yet our job is crazy. But we listen to our heart. In the midst of a storm, I can tell you, because we face those storms. We face them every day, every year. But in the midst of it, on the inside of me, I know, and I tell people this, I win. I win. I've won this battle. And you know what? I've read, I've read the end of the story. And I win. And so encourage yourself tomorrow. If everything is going crazy, look, I win. I'm going to win this battle. You know, watching Charlie and Sally, and I think I can sum it up what I saw your life live. I can sum it up with scripture. Proverbs 4, 22, 20 through 22. Incline thine ear unto my sayings, let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst of thine eyes. They will be life and health to all your flesh. Charlie and Sally, daily, we saw them do exactly that. 
6.30 every morning, they had a show that they watched on TV every single day. They're in the Word every day. What Charlie's constantly said, Sally said, is normal people, everyday people, they weren't scholars of the Scripture. They just were consistent with the Scripture. That's the first thing that brought success in their life. The second thing in their life was John. John made it very clear to us in John 14, 15, 16, and 17 that there would be the Spirit of God, the Holy Spirit, would come alongside you and show you things in advance. That's what I saw them live. What's interesting is you're talking 30, 40 years now mm -hmm. of life. 40 years. I had 35 with you. And, you know, it's 30 years ago now for me. But there was years prior to that. They've never changed the lifestyle. They've stayed consistent with inclining the ear into my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them in the midst that there'll be life and health to all their flesh. They've constantly allowed themselves to grow in the relationship with the person of the Holy Spirit, allowing their spirit man to be alive to that. And I love what they said. They're looking for that. They're consciously looking and expecting that leading every single day. They also said that it wasn't every day that I got a knowing. It wasn't every day that I got a word. It wasn't every day I got a dream. But they were expecting that every day. And I lived when life with you when, when life was not good at all. And that's when they did it the most, it seemed like to me. But now I'm on the other side, keeping that kind of relationship in my life. The third thing that I see them doing that I've heard tonight, and I think we can sum it up, is they've had a person or people in their life that would do that for them or with them. Reggie was mm -hmm. that person. Yes. I cannot begin to tell you. The times that that's been in my life from them, Ricky, we've had some Milltail Road rides. That's a place where the bears are. We've had rides where he or myself can bounce off each other moments of, I think you went with us one time too, Sarah, where we can say our feelings, share our emotion, not be judged for the feeling or the emotion, and get a straight answer. And that's what I've seen them always do. Charlie will share his feelings, he'll share his emotion, he'll tell you exactly like it is. At the same time, it's been that consistency in their life that's brought them to this place. We're looking for some answer to every problem. How can I make sure that I'm a success financially, physically, and spiritually? And I think this is the answer for the whole weekend for us. God's way, the answer to that is the word. It's what changes your life. It's what renews your mind. It's what enlightens your spirit to be alive unto his spirit. And then when you open yourself up to the leading of that spirit and you're willing and ready for it, then he'll show you things that come in advance. And I saw them, their daughter had an accident and fell. Everything against them was telling them that she was not going to live. And they got a word. They stood in the middle of that. And now you, you would never know that. Everything was impossible. They had a son that was a doctor that told them everything in the natural was going to, this ain't going in the right direction. But they had a leading in their heart, a leading in their spirit. This is going to be okay. I remember the day you told me on the phone. I think if we're trying to look for some secret message to be successful, the secret message is in the fact that the word's what makes the difference. The leading of the spirit makes the difference. And then having the right people in your life that will make that difference with you. Wouldn't you say? Yeah. Amen. So how do we walk out of here with uh, uh, maybe uh, something in our life that we can apply? How do we do that? And Charlie, I think he said it this morning. He said it tonight, maybe just a little bit. It doesn't work unless you don't apply it. 
faith has to have an action behind it. Faith doesn't work unless you do action behind it. So many people have taken the principle and learned the principle but never applied the action of the principle. And then they wonder why it doesn't work. And I think we've got an opportunity to make some things work by applying the principle. Um, I would like it if when they leave, they can leave at least with one thing that they can take home with them. Because if you, if you have too many things, sometimes your mind is overloaded, you forget, and you just you, you don't grasp it. But I'd like for you to leave tonight with one thing. feel free to do that but if you do of course that's great but if not that you walk out of here tonight and you one thing in your mind and you put it to practice you know uh, one thing that I said please do is listen to your heart start tuning your ears to your heart and not just your head but one thing please one scripture you don't have to know the whole book take one scripture Something, you know, in a very dark time in my life, a scripture that is still my favorite scripture today is Luke 1, 37. For with God, all things are possible. For with God, all things are possible. If I put God in my situation, oh, it's very possible that I'm going to win the situation. If my children are sick, and I mix faith and healing together, my daughter is whole today. Now everything looked like she, she was seven months pregnant and she, they did emergency brain surgery. Even the pediatrician said, the baby should not have made it. My little Allie Joy will be seven next week and let me tell you, she made it. She's strong, little fireball. Rachel, 100%. You know, me, I'm 100%. We were told almost always, if a viral infection attacks a vital organ in your body, you will not make it. And if you did, there would be issues. You know? Take one scripture. Listen to your heart. And build on that. Don't be overwhelmed with thinking that you've got to know it all. Because I think so many times people get so overwhelmed. I can't do this. Oh, I just can't do it. Oh, well, I failed. Oh, I, I said something I shouldn't have said. So I just failed. I mean, we grew up thinking, well, you know what? I cussed. I might as well just go do it all. No, it's okay. Yeah, it's okay. Hey, let me ask you this. If the, is there a, maybe we had talked about this right before we started, if, if there was questions that you would have. We've said a whole lot tonight. 
Is there any thought of questions that you would have for them or for anything since you've been sitting here that would uh, maybe a life experience that they, maybe they've had an experience, something like that could help you out? Any question for us while we're up here? Anybody at all? Um, <laughs> they're there. <laughs> um, lead with your spirit. That's the one thing I have out of it. Because I, it's so funny, the one thing you said, because I always think I'm off the Richter, but I think inside I'm maybe not. Um, but the one thing you said was how you had the little things that don't do it, don't do it. And it's me saying it out loud, but now I realize it's that. It's really weird. Yep. I'm like, don't do it, Jim. Take the exit, or just anything or anything. If someone's on the outside being not okay, I'm like, all right, what's the reaction? You know, and usually there isn't one because I just am like, you know, how should that get? You know what I mean? I don't know. It just keeps me safe from, you know, I guess you won't be pooped if you don't step in poop. So just saying. But yeah, lead with your spirit. I guess that's the one thing I got from it. Many don't realize the voice of your spirit is actually your conscience of knowing right and wrong. You're born with it. You're born with knowing right and wrong. You know that if I go through a stop sign, is that right or wrong? Well, the law has established that right or wrong, but your conscience gives you the opportunity to make the choice whether to do it or not. You can do it all day long, but there'll be consequences to it. And the voice of the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, comes alongside that consciousness of your spirit and witnesses with it that this is the good thing to do. And how do you know that is the good thing to do? Charlie said it. There's just a knowing of peace. There's a knowing of, hey, this is the right thing. Gina's saying the exact same thing. I just, just know that this is to be led by the voice of my spirit. And so I think sometimes we, we don't give attention to the, who you really are. If I walk out in the middle of the highway and traffic's coming, is that a good thing? Your, your, your conscience will know whether you should or not. Anybody else? Questions? Listening today, to me, proves the importance of being around godly-minded people. There's, there was some stuff that I've been rustling with my mind about a possible advance in job. And the way I was looking at it is that I'm going to be all right if I don't, but we're also trying to achieve some of these other goals. And you talked about, you know, God will give you different ways of seeing that same situation. So I had worked out some things in my own mind to kind of put me at peace that, you know, this will be a doable thing. But when you... For seeking God for advice for doing things, it comes with you at a whole different angle. Mm -hmm. And what you said, some, you said something today in the service that witness with my spirit. And what's really neat about it is that when you have a partner that's pulling along with you at the same time, as soon as you said that, we looked at each other. I didn't say a word, and we were having lunch after uh, service today. I said, what did you think? And she goes, talking about the point that you made. I said, okay, that's another another confirmation that he's always trying to get information to us. It's our ability to listen clearly because there's a lot of static that's out there. 
And, you know, I can't remember the verse, but I know it talks in the Bible about wisdom and knowledge is more valuable than rubies and, and yes. pearls and things of yes. that nature. So when you're talking about it's not necessarily the money, but it's the ideas, mm -hmm. and it's always neat when one of those ideas hit you that mm -hmm. you know it wasn't yours. Yep. And I think it, it's done in such a manner that you have tried so hard to figure it out, mm -hmm. and you're almost like, ah, we can't do that. And then ding, is like, oh, why didn't I think of that? Mm -hmm. And then I look yes. up in the stars, and I know why I didn't think yes. of that. Yes. I am. Um I believe it was Mark Batterson who said, so often we overestimate what we can accomplish in two years and we underestimate what God can accomplish in 10 years. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, there are so many times I'm in my early 30s and, and we're looking for fathers. And I, first I want to say thank you for that. Yes. And these guys have kind of played that role for us too in this arena. Um, but thank you for, for walking the long obedience. Because I think that's the one thing that I'm going to carry away from this week is it's the slow and steady wins the race. Mm -hmm. um, and I can see now beyond being 30, I can see, you know, 30 years down beyond that. And I want to say thank you for that because, honestly, it's so easy to be distracted and it's so easy to um, lose sight, I think, of the, of the little consistent obediences every yes. single day. Yes. And your stories over and over and over again are just so, so many large ones, but so many small things. Mm -hmm. um, and so I'm going to carry away the long obedience. Mm -hmm. And um, I appreciate you guys so much. Thank you. We really have enjoyed it. Is there anybody else? Yes, sir. I just wanted to say that uh, uh, I came to service this morning and I've been up since 3.30, and uh, I'm an infant in this new way of life, and there's a lot of things I don't understand, but I'm willing to be uncomfortable because I want what you all have. And uh, I don't know why I had a great day the day before, but the worry was overwhelming with money, my family, my father's ill, um, just overwhelmed. and. Uh, wanted to share this because I knew that I was going to hear something at 8.30. At 4 o'clock this morning, I had Pastor Stephen's phone on my phone, and I said, that's way too early to call anybody. <laughs> and uh, I said, maybe he'll have service at 4 a.m. this morning instead of 8.30. But I knew something, and whatever this is here, uh, most of my adult life, this has been a bad decision most of the time, and uh, um, I knew I would hear something. I didn't know what, but something here said, if just make it to 8.30, you're going to hear something, and the message this morning and tonight, uh, in one hour, I was a different person, so you Man. just being there, thank you for being there, you helped this individual who I was struggling this morning, and uh, this, my voices were out of whack. I was telling myself a whole lot of dumb stuff. Thank you for being yep. here this morning. Yep. Listen, we all tell ourselves a lot of dumb stuff. <laughs> but but let, me, let me say something to you about anxiety and, and worry. I've, I've carried a lot of that all my life. And there's, there's two scriptures that come to mind. Now, my wife will tell you, I've read, 
I read last year in December, I wore a book out on peace. I wore the book completely out and I ordered two more. Okay. And the, the main scripture is in, and Stephen will have to get you all this because I'm, but it's cast all you care on the Lord because he cares for you. Okay. And, and no matter what your mind's telling you, you say, nope. Thank you, Lord. I cast all my care on you. I don't care what it is. I don't care if it's my, my mama, my daddy, my child. I cast all my care on you, Lord Jesus. I don't care if it's my marriage. I don't care if it's my money. I cast all my care on you, Lord Jesus. And I keep saying that. Then it says, Has, take no thought. Uh, be anxious for nothing in Philippians. And, uh, and, I, and I use that scripture over and over. There has been months where I would take that out and read it over and over during the day. And, and you know, people, people like to see you in the success. But in the success, there's battles. And, and I read, I, I mean, I do this. I mean, I do what I'm telling you. I mean, last December, I'm telling you, I wore the book clean out till the pages fell out. And it was all stuff I knew. I read it over and over again. Because I'm casting that care on the Lord. I'm, I'm having no anxiety about nothing. And I'm telling you, I had lots of anxiety about everything. <laughs> but I'm saying, no, I don't have no anxiety about nothing. I cast all that care on the Lord. And, I'm, and I'm, that's the fight of faith. That's the good fight of faith. Without that, what are you doing? You're, 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 you're having a great day. There's no problems. But when you enter into those times, that is the fight of faith. And so... That's where you put the word in. And that's the part that I, I hope it never goes without saying that that's the battle I have. I, I am always, you know, I, maybe I shouldn't be, but I'm always in a battle. The devil's always lying, and I'm always calling him a liar. And uh, cast all you care on the Lord. It's a, big part of, it's a big part of hearing. You know, all the Bible's true, but all these things are elements to making it work. If you're full of care, you ain't going to hear from God. You can't hear. You can't hear with your spirit all full of anxiety. That's why he's telling you don't, don't have any anxiety about anything. Because you get full of being anxious, you can't hear. How can you be led to do the right thing when you can't hear? And I'll, I'll be the first to tell you, there's been times this year, I've told people, listen, I couldn't hear God if he was in the room with me. You know, I've been that, that full of stuff. So being real about life is you, you're going to have those battles. But you take the word and you do battle with it. You say, no, I'm not going to have any anxieties. Battle with the Bible. Mm I think it's just encouraging to hear, to not worry about the setbacks. Like, or, you know, you, you, something happens and you think that it could be a setback, but it's not. It's just like a small detail and the bigger picture is there. And that's yes. what you have to focus on. So yes. that's kind of what I'm taking away. Yes. Amen. Yep. Anybody else? Thoughts? Hey, let's stand up. Charlie, Sally, will you pray over us? Go ahead, Sally. The church. 
Father, we thank you so much for today, for tonight. We thank you, Lord, that it's been a blessing for us to share our testimony, to share the good things that you've done. Lord, I ask you to go with each of these people. Lord, I ask you to speak to their hearts. I thank you, Lord, that as they go and tomorrow and this week, that they become more and more aware of your voice. Lord, I thank you that as couples, as they walk through this life together, that one will keep the other accountable. And Lord, I thank you that where one will, where one is, uh, one is weak, the other one's strong. Yeah. Lord, we 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 take this and we pull it together. We're better together. Lord, I thank you right now for showing them things to come, giving yeah. them strength, healing their bodies. I thank you, Lord, for saving their children. Mm. Lord, right now, I ask you in Jesus' name, if anybody's child tonight is not serving you, we just claim them right now in Jesus' name. Mm. We thank you, Lord, that there are benefits in serving you. Mm. Lord, you give grace to us. You give us strength. Lord, I thank you that you've blessed mm. everything that we put our hands to. I thank you, Father, right now in Jesus' name. This church is paid for in full. I thank you that they own the properties around it. And Lord, I thank you that because they own it, it makes them more able to go and spread the light. I thank you, Lord, that when we have money in our pockets, it's easier to give. We can give on every opportunity. Lord, I just ask you right now to bless each of these people that are here. Bless them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.